Ever wanted to play against the experts of fantasy football? Now it's your turn. It's the third annual Listener League hosted by yours truly here at Sports Council. All free and easy to join. Just feel free to hit any of your hosts up from Gav, Matt, to me, to Dylan Hernando, and we'll get you in. Just let us know. And no requirement needed. No expertise needed. But you might lose some to us. But that's all fair. See you there. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Sports Council Podcast. I am your host Matt and I'm here alongside Gav and G for this episode of the show. It's official, we are just one month away from the NFL and fantasy football season. With fantasy drafts across the nation set to begin, we're here to bring you everything you need to know before your draft day. On this first part of our fantasy draft primer, we'll be discussing our personal draft strategies and how to draft the most important position in fantasy, the running back. Today is August 1st, 2022, and this is the 67th episode of the show. Oh, is oh. it good to be back with it fantasy good. football? Back. I haven't been on one of these podcasts in forever. Because <laughs> my choice. They didn't kick me out, guys. Don't worry, your favorite podcaster would never do that to you. We tried. We had to we retire tried. him for basketball oh, yeah. season, though. It was, getting, it was getting a little too ridiculous. At yeah, point. too much, dude. I was too much. That's what they tell me all the time. But yes. bringing him back for fantasy football again. Let's I'm go. I'm ready. Big dubs. I feel like we're the best when it comes to fantasy football. You know, basketball, we're pretty good at it. We're pretty good at it. You know, uh, we did a college football one. That was pretty good. But fantasy football, man, it's just a whole nother level. I think it's just peak content. Yeah, we're True. just in our primes. We're just in just, our primes for just it. Just the experts doing what they expertise in. Exactly. I don't know if that. If that's I don't a think word, that's how yeah. it works. I'm here for fantasy football, not English. Yeah. Dude. Okay. That's Nobody right. who that's watches right. football speaks English, or Let's past go. English. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 We're definitely back. All right. Oh man. Feels <laughs> good. Okay, but we're gonna start off with some news here obviously in the nfl we're gonna just talk about some of these very noteworthy stuff that just like it's a very biased news well it's not biased i think it's just it's it's just you know it's news yeah but we're gonna start off with the unpleasant news first it was reported today that deshaun watson the independent arbiter slash judge judge sue robinson recommended that deshaun watson be suspended for six games next season with no fines and a recommendation to um, have a team masseuse massage him only um, if he needs a massage. <laughs> Watson was accused by 24 women of sexual misconduct. And in her report, Judge Robinson said that this is an unprecedented amount of cases for in terms of nonviolent sexual misconduct. And therefore, he should be given the book of six games. So this is... Well, you know, do you guys have any thoughts on this before I kind of dive into it? Jeez, I think it's man, totally I, warranted. Come on now. I think well, more should have been warranted. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, more. This is, yeah. I mean, way more. Yeah, way more, way more. Way. Break it I'm down, Matt. Break it down, man. Yeah, tell us. The the sheer amount of women that came forward. 24 should, is a big number. That's Kobe's yeah, number. 24. Oh, well. That has nothing to but do with it's not the... even it's not even 24, right? It's I think it's more. I think it's more, but I think she was 
judging based off of the first 24 and then you know more Before. have come out since then and more have you know been settled you know 24 women accusing Watson of sexual misconduct he settles with almost all of them and you know this is just kind of a blatantly gross mischaracterization of justice I think it's it's hard to stomach that it, this is all that the punishment will be but it's not determined yet the NFL still can appeal the decision I believe and honestly like I think they should I don't know I'm, if that's going to be the case because the NFL's history with punishment has been sort of lackluster recently so absolutely disgusting Dean absolutely I mean, disgusting let's let's just let's just talk about it bro like it's i think it's hard to say oh this case and this case but that's what i'm gonna do you take ridley's one year suspension for betting on six games you take <laughs> josh gordon suspended for a bajillion games for smoking for marijuana pot. yeah and then you have 24 cases at least at least that we know about for watson and it's just like you know like where is you know, the the president from the, the NFL saying, hey, this shit is just not okay, but they're just excusing it, you know, like, it's like, hey, who cares, you know, like, this, this is not as important as other things going on in the NFL, or other things just in general, it's more important to, you know, let, let him, you know, what, just walk and have six game suspension, you get less, you get, you get more for less, you know, that's my problem is that he should at least got a year. In my opinion, I honestly don't I think he should like... play anymore. Come on now. I think I think the concerning part is that Judge Robinson she said that she was basing it off of precedent, and the former precedent for nonviolent sexual misconduct, as it was described, was three games, right? And you multiply that by twenty-four. Yeah, like that's the thing. The, in a case like this, as egregious as it is, and she even admits to it, why are you basing it off of precedent here? Because you know, this is just a complete, like, this is a total, like, embarrassment for the league that they are doing this right now. It's dominating the headlines right now. And it's been dominating the headlines ever since Watson has had these um, sexual misconduct allegations against him, right? So you should throw the book at him. You should actually, you know, make a new precedent, right? This should not be tolerated. And it, for some reason, it's only tolerated, I guess, for a third of the games. That's what we're saying right now. Yeah, I mean, I think we all agree that, like, what he did was not okay. And, and if you got to punish it as if, you know, he wasn't Deshaun Watson, the quarterback that just got $230 million guaranteed dollars for your league. And I think that has, you know, people are going to sound and say I'm sound crazy, but I think that has to do with it. You know, like, they just gave him this boatload of money, and now they're not going to let him play. And, you know, he's supposed to be one of the faces of the franchise and faces of the league and at that, you know. And he's just... Obviously, he did something that was completely inappropriate and un, un, unnecessary. So he should get a you know a unnecessary amount of punishment. And I just don't see how it doesn't go hand in hand. Like if you read the statement that Sue Robinson put out, that you read part part of it, it just sounds like oh okay yeah that was crazy. That was twenty four cases. Oh this is terrible. And then at the end, it's just like yeah, but we gave him six games. Like, exactly. What? Yeah. How how did you get the six games after saying all that? 
maybe if you know you come out and say oh we still think he's innocent blah 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 or something like that you know and then you give him six games but you literally in the statement say he should be banned from all masseuse he should be this and he should be that but you can't even ban him for a season that's the thing it's it's so implied that he clearly is guilty and you know again the sheer amount of women that have come forward the all the settlements that have taken place the houston texans even got sued and they had to settle all of that as well and it's pretty clear that watson did something we don't know to the extent of it but we're pretty sure it's not very good and the fact is that and the other thing is that she mandates that he should only use team masseuses from now on that is just i better be guy masseuses (laughs) <laughs> I guess so because that's just that's weird like that's, that's all you're gonna say for the women that's right? a, rec- a recommendation like you should stick to the team misuses from now on to stop doing this it's all about the money dude you already know the NFL highest paid league I'd be very curious to see what money. the NFL does they have three days to appeal this decision I think they so. have to I think they need to make make sure this is uh a lengthier suspension i don't think it's going to be a good look for the nfl and you know like if they want to you know obviously keep their pretty 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 pennies and coins with them they are not going to do anything which most likely the actual outcome of this they're going to let the you know because they had a you know private judge or whatever they want to call that ruling is so they're not going to be like oh we didn't want to interfere we're just going to let the court decide you know i mean i guess that's fair bro but it's like in this situation and you know you see so much backlash from everybody is sports related or not you know six games is nothing and you're just not going to even like you know just feel like there's just not like a big emphasis on like watson was out of line and he needs to be treated as if he's out of line and given a suspension to where nothing like this happens again I feel like what this promotes is bro 24 cases of exactly sexual misconduct is 24 times at least be like one mistake suspended for every woman at least like what are you doing six games six six it's a quarter it's a quarter of a game for each woman (laughs) i told oh man that's rough i told you dude people who watch the nfl don't know how to read they mistook the six for an infinite sign which means they really wanted him out of the league forever I mean, I just feel like at least a year, you know, and I'm not the one to, you know, who sat there and looked at all the paperwork and stuff. But just for me, if you just took out the six game suspension from Sue Robinson's statement, it doesn't even sound like he deserves six. It sounds like he deserves 17, 20, 25 games or something, you know, and I just, I don't know. I feel like it would have been a, just a, a much, much better, you know, route, go route to at least and have a higher amount of games. Suspend him for a season and then reduce it to three-fourths of the season. Or something, you know, suspend it for two seasons and then reduce it to one season. Or at least, like, you know, make it seem like you give a fuck about the 24 women that were involved in these cases. But, you know, it's, like I like Gav said, it's just about the money. Controversial times ahead for the NFL, as always. Other news, Debo Samuel uh, yesterday was extended. This is a little bit happier for me personally. Three years, 75 million, 73.5 million with 58.1 million in guarantees. He got a little bit less guaranteed money than DK Metcalf, who also signed a three year extension prior to this week. 
and but he made a little bit more money overall. And an interesting clause as well with 1.9 million in rushing incentives. I think he's and, around like 380 yards. That thing is crazy. You just yeah. 380 yards in a season to hit that. Light work. Come on now. He can do yeah, that in one man. game. That's, what, That's what I'm hoping. That's, That's what I'm hoping. 19 carries, 380 yards first game, bro. Run to go the on, ground, baby. Going yard the first game, bro. Man, I think that's great. I mean, both extensions are for, you know, in a totality. Two young receivers, both drafted by their team, got the bag that they deserved. And, you know, uh, didn't get like the, I guess, the league breaking amount of money. But it, I think it sets them up for them both to be 27 and getting a new contract after these three years are ended. So as long as they keep it up, I think that next contract was where they're going to get another three-year 90 million contract or something you know and so they'll 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 get their bag but it's good for Debo good for DK now they just gotta figure out my guy Deontay somewhere that's probably not Deontay bro that guy is irrelevant all I know is that this extension deserved Debo is a goat we stand him where's my boy Dylan at (laughs) Dylan couldn't make it today but I'm sure he's very happy as well for the Debo extension as am I we held our ground we didn't trade him I think that, you know, now that we look at it, the trading, the demanding for a trade looked like more of a ploy to kind of accelerate talks of an extension. I think the Niners front office tried to say, we'll work on it on our own timeline. And Debo says, that's not good enough. We want to start negotiating now because he knows that he just had probably a breakout year. Again, he accounted for 33% of the Niners offensive yards. He's third in the NFL in total scrimmage yards last season. So... This is, you know, he was a big deal, and you want to get paid like you're a big deal, especially when, you know, there's that potential risk of getting injured again. You don't know how good of his next I mean, season you're going to be. football, right? Yeah, you want to get your bag now. You got right? to get that bag. It's so not for don't one last week. long. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, think he's, I, think it was, I think it all worked out for everybody, you know. I think the Niners, they, they're, more, they're more poised than I was. They got offered like a bag from the Jets and the Lions and other teams in the NFL to get rid of Debo. And they said, nope, we're sticking with our guy, even though we might not seem like right now he wants to stay or whatever you guys want to assume. And, you know, me and Gab might have been the one, some of those people to assume that they would get rid of him. Yeah. But they didn't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I respect that, that they didn't. And they should, you know, really like, hey, we're going to take care of our guy. Because you know how many times I've been on this podcast saying why would you draft a guy for them to just ball out and then not pay him and you know they did pay him and you know deservedly so yep i'm glad to see that it all worked out and he's not a patriot oh dude that's the only sad thing about it like i stand him but i wanted him you know why was that ever gonna happen like just why i don't know dude like i just i swear i i I always say it every year the patriots need to not draft anybody and just pick up good players just I mean, you guys also had some pretty significant news. I'm, you know, you guys traded away Nikhil Harry. Jeez. <laughs> you think he's going to sign to Max soon? I, I, I don't know why I was so conflicted when he when he was, like, traded away. We got, like, a, I forgot what was it, like seventh round. Oh, my it's God. It's not dude. even a seventh round next year. It's a seventh round in, like, a couple years or so. I know. 2024. Dude, like, I think that's yeah. what I'm really mad about. Like, he literally, like, a first round pick <laughs> traded for a seventh round. And watch this guy ball out, because I'm pretty sure he has potential. For I mean, it can't, team. like, realistically, it just can't get worse than it was in New England. So, like, 
like his Probably value can't. is at an all-time low like i think other Seriously. than like a seventh round pick like the least value you can have is just being cut right yeah so yeah at least uh, you got a pick at least you got at least pick. i got a, i'd rather have a dryer a washing machine just give me something useful you did you make got the, a you know, 2024 seventh round pick bro make the uniforms pop or something bro i don't know not a yeah. seventh round well, I'm sure we're going to talk about Harry in the wide receivers episode of the Fantasy Football Draft Primer, but we're here today to discuss draft strategies and running backs. As you are aware, the Ooh. fantasy football season is coming very, very soon. It is already August, and Let's go. You know, <laughs> oh, I'm so fantasy football is officially back, ladies and gentlemen. It has been a long couple of months. We've had to make do with basketball basketball baseball talk about basketball but we all know where our hearts lie it is fantasy football the emotional roller coaster as it were the times where you spend you know just a gross amount of time looking it's over literally players and matchups <laughs> and trash talking your friends trying oh, to negotiate trades and, yeah Oh, oh no see, he agreed. Oh, he agreed. No Leave that in the he last no year, bro. Don't start that crap again. <laughs> he agreed. No, no, no. I will never forgive uh, Derrick Henry. Although I'm picking him <laughs> the number one pick. Yeah, Sheesh. we'll see if you get that pick. Still haven't done lotto picks. Either way, if you have never been in fantasy football before, first of all, welcome and you pick the right place to start listening to fantasy football content. Second of all, we are going to teach you everything you need to know up until your fantasy draft on how to evaluate everything from your roster to each position and first and foremost, your draft strategy. So we're just going to kick things off here. I think I've played, what, how many years? I'd, I'd say like eight or nine years myself. Gee, how many have you played? I want to say I've hit double digits now from when I was a kid just logging into random ESPN fantasy leagues and just playing against randoms to where we are now. I think it's been about double digits for me. Yeah, and I know, Gav, you played about... Literally four years. Yeah, four years. So, I mean, you got a mix of experience and, um, I guess, inexperience as well. But <laughs> we all have our own ways of evaluating fantasy football and our drafts, so we're here to offer you our perspective so let's start with the draft strategy here. What do you guys keep in mind when you are on the clock or kind of just doing your pre-draft strategy? Because we all know we have some because we've been doing this for years now. So what do you guys do to prepare for the draft? Oh, my, a bunch of mock drafts. Dear God, it's no, ungodly. Say the same thing. An ungodly amount of mock drafts. Just mock drafts that are don't even like not i do mock drafts for things i don't want to do during drafts just so i know what my team would look like if everything went wrong like i just at it's the just worst, for me it's just just, just to have like? a strategy because you'll never ever go into a fantasy draft and be like oh wow i got everybody i was looking for and this is exactly how i wanted this one wanted two running backs first and a wide receiver and then a running back and you got exactly how you wanted the players you wanted i just you know draft you really need to cover the chaos. spread on That's it. what if I think. You, like, if you go in you there do, thinking that, it's over. Yeah. Yeah, you just got to go in there and assume that, you know, what you want is not going to happen and it's going to be the exact opposite. So I think that, you know, like the main strategy for me is to just do a bunch of mocks, try to get a vibe of what the what you're exactly you're going to be getting. Don't think of like, okay, I'm going to get this guy first, this guy second, you know. Think of it like, 
I'm going to get my running back position in my first round, most likely. And unless unless these guys get out of this tier for me, you kind of want to see what the value is. It's hard to really judge value, obviously, until they play. But you got to just have your own kind of criteria and tiers to where you're like, hey, I really like this guy. And even though he's at a, you know, he's a little bit less further down, I think he won't make it back to me. So I'll take him earlier just because I have higher hopes for him. So you really want to, you know, have a mix of like, best available what my needs are and kind of you get that all from just taking a bunch of mock drafts especially through sleeper now where you can just kind of do mocks against the cpu and they stay kind of draft really weird sometimes really differently and you can see a bunch of different ways to see what people do you could check what the cpu drafted or other people drafted if you're go on yahoo and do mock drafts so there's a lot of different ways to go about it and different strategies but definitely, definitely always start running back first. Always running back first. Always. Honestly, you want anything I, from today, it's running back first. If I was, if I, like, when I was first starting off, really, it didn't work out that well. But <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> tell him the story. <laughs> the very first time I ever played fantasy football, pick your favorite player of all time. Okay. I literally went Tom Brady, number one pick. Can I get a. Hallelujah. Works so well. Boo. Boo. Don't do that, though. Don't pick your favorite. This guy stinks. (laughs) The SpongeBob meme. Don't pick your favorite players, guys. Or people you've thought about. Like, if I was new, you you get, like, suggested, you know? Maybe just choose the top pick. If If it's, like, the first three rounds. If I were you. If I was, like, fresh. And I didn't know anything. Look at the number two, one and two picks in the suggested column. And, I mean, compare their stats. Look at their fantasy value. You definitely have to look into what the, like, how the team plays that the team, that the running back is on. And most of running backs. So, there's a lot of stuff that you have to look at. Sometimes you look at reports of other teams, how they're going to play, what the coaches they're, but this is exactly what we're talking about. It's too much of a time sink. So just pick the top two picks and the suggested. And always pick two running backs first. Never do running back wide receiver. <laughs> Never works. Never? Never. Okay. I'll have to see about that. I mean, I think that, again, it depends on how much time you're willing to invest in fantasy football. There are some people like us that are doing podcasts a month before our drafts even start. <laughs> and discussing players at you know microscopic level looking at training camp reports and whatnot who has the lead but you know there are some of you who are just taking this in for the first time maybe you got a work league or something maybe you're just in it for like you know i don't know what it is but you're just taking it casually you're just gonna go into your draft with no knowledge and just the big um board right in front of you and you just say okay i'm just gonna pick the players that i like right I mean, some tips that I have are obviously you should mock a lot. And what we mean by that is there's a feature where you can just do a mock simulation draft where you're in one of the draft positions and then there's a CPU that automates all the other picks that are ahead and uh, below you. And you just, you know, you get a bunch of players that are available based off of the simulation and you see which one would you choose at that spot. And I think that's good because it's not 
going to be a perfect simulation, right? Because there's always this one guy who always just, you know, knows, okay, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to pick this guy that I know that, like, he's not even on the board yet, but, you know, I know that someone else likes him here, so I'm just going to pick him. Or they're just stupid, and they don't care about that stuff, and then they just draft him because they like him, right? And then you get your entire, like, simulations ruined, right? Nothing goes according to plan, just like G said. What I like about the mocks, though, is that it gives you a, a general awareness of where players are on the board. Let's say, like, you know, you got your Tom Brady, right? And if the computer usually shows him around the ninth round, then you can say, okay, I think I can get Tom Brady at the eighth or ninth round. So if you have these players that you like, the mock drafts will show you kind of like, okay, this is where I'm going to go. Like, in the when you're at that seventh and eighth round and you're kind of at a point where you're kind of tired in the draft as well and you don't want to do as much thinking, you know, you could just say, oh, you know, I usually get Tom Brady around this point, so I'm just going to go and try to find him. And if you really like him, you can go around up and grab him early. If you don't care whether you get him or not, you can let him slip another round, see if you can still snag him later. But it just gives you that kind of general awareness of where the players are evaluated at, right? So then you have a sense of, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And then you should also plan to kind of say, okay, you know, maybe I should go a certain position per round based on what I get. And sometimes you're going to say, okay, I'm going to go two running backs in the first two rounds, right? And, you know, what if in a mock draft, suddenly a really good wide receiver comes up, let's say a Tyree Kill or Devontae Adams, are you going to forego that opportunity? Those mock drafts give you a chance to say, okay, if push comes to shove, would I really be able to draft a wide receiver, top flight wide receiver over maybe a running back too? And it kind of just gives you a sense of how badly do you want each player? How badly are you going to stick to a certain strategy? I say that, you know, you should come into the draft with a plan to draft a couple of certain players that you like, but, you know, don't get too specific about it because if you get too specific, you're going to be really disappointed when it comes to Right. Like if you're thinking that, oh, I really want Dalvin Cook, but somehow Jonathan Taylor still falls to you, you just take Jonathan Taylor, you know? And that's just something how, you know, you won't know it ha- it'll happen until it happens. And then it happens, you want to be like so fixated on Dalvin Cook that you just pass up Jonathan Taylor too, you know? It's just the small things like that, you know? And also, I think um, with the mocks, you want to, you know, people don't really do this as much, but try drafting from every position. There's 10 or 12 different positions. I mean, I know that sounds like a lot. 10 or 12 mock drafts. Oh, my God. You're asking for so much from me. <laughs> That's baby it's numbers, not, bro. That's baby numbers. If you're not hitting triple digits, bro, you're not a pro. Like, oh, my God. All right. Let's, all right. You're not so about just it. A, you you got to at least do like, you know, one like at one and then at one at like 12 and then kind of, you know, see what the players left are. And you might be like, why would I do one at one if I just do one at two? Because I'm telling you, it's just different. Like you gonna notice different names are there and every time there's gonna be different people and something slips someone falls something happens you know and with the with the sleeper and with other apps and now i'm just giving you this automated version of the mock draft it's just so quick and easy where you can kind of be like okay i've got this team at, i had a three pick number three and a pick number nine now you can compare them side to side and be like oh wow i really like drafting from the later part of the draft so i kind of want to you know hopefully get that or Damn, if I go early, I mean to make sure I get a second early, second running back earlier. It'll give you really a, just a 
general idea of what the outcomes could be, like the gen- general range of outcomes for yourself? My strategy also changes with running backs depending on how many people are drafting, your, how many people are in your league. Because they guaranteed if you're playing like 10 to 8 man leagues, those two running backs are like the first two picks you get are always going to be great running backs most of the time, you know. And it's a, a, it's kind of a disservice to yourself to draft a wide receiver in, with those two picks in a 10, 8-man league. But if we're talking about 12 to 14, honestly, dude, like the first you, – you pray that you don't get like a, a, four, like a 12th or 14th pick because um, honestly those running backs are – they're good. But they're not but like they won't carry you. Yeah, they won't right. carry you for sure. So at that point, I'm. I know that we're talk we're trying to build up like, white uh, running backs in this podcast right now. This one, but that also is just another thing that you have to look at when you're drafting. You know, I would still go running back no matter what because running back is always going to be the most valuable. They're guaranteed points. Also, it depends on if you're playing PPR, standard. And across all boards, running backs will always be the best option. It's just that um, those longer drafts, those longer leagues, those bigger leagues are more awful, and you have to kind of like play around what is the best option at that point, not if it's a running back. Yes, and you brought up a good point. Also know your league mates. Look at us. We're all going to be in this new league this year, and we all say draft a running back first. So what do you think is going to happen when you enter our listener league and you're in the first round? Probably we're going to go running back here, right? So that should sound an alarm in your head saying, okay, I got to draft a running back in the first round. Otherwise, these guys are going to take all of them before I even get to the second round, right? So try to know your league mates. Try to know what they are, I guess, up to. I know it's hard if it's your first time in a league, but if you see a certain pattern forming in the draft where there's a run on running backs, there's a run on wide receivers, you can either dive into that and you could say okay if everyone's going wide receivers now i better draft a wide receiver or you could uh kind of zag when they zig right you draft a tight end you draft a running back right because there's a lot of options up on the board so you just kind of have to have a sense of like okay what are you going to do when uh your pick comes up and that's how mocking that's how knowing your league mates that's how knowing which players you want to pick gets uh you an edge i know we've been talking a lot about like kind of like strategies and stuff but similar to that how do you guys really uh evaluate different talent throughout fantasy you know um, there's a lot of different things to take into that what are your guys's like keys when you're looking at a player you know and you're like how how do you feel about them and how good you think they're going to do for the upcoming year i mean i think that the best thing and i'm gonna talk about running back specifically because you know we're in the running back portion and when I evaluate a running back, the first thing I'm looking for is opportunity, right? It really means a lot in fantasy football. How are you going to get points in fantasy football? If you don't know how to get points, first of all, in fantasy football, it is based on yards. It's based on touchdowns. It's basically based on your individual player's stat line. So the more opportunities that a player has to perform, the more points you're going to get, most likely, right? It's a game of statistics. If a running back like Dalvin Cook, he gets 97% of the uh, carries in an offense, he's going to be way worth way more than, let's say, um, 
the random Houston Texans running back that's in the backfield right now. I think it's Marlon Mack. But, you know, Marlon Mack is probably going to get only 50% of the carries, which means he only has, you know, half as many snaps to actually do something with them. So therefore, that's why Dalvin Cook is going to be more valuable than Marlon Mack, right? And that's the trends you have to see, right? Is that running back in an offense where it's suited for him? Is it a big rushing offense? Is it a big passing offense? If it's a big passing offense, then they're probably not going to get as many opportunities, right? And when it comes to running backs in particular, I also look at the talent of the team. Is the team a bad team? Because if they are, you gotta have to look at the game logic there, game script, and say, okay, if they're a bad team, they're gonna be down, right? They're gonna be down by a lot. If they're gonna be down by a lot, they're gonna need to pass it a lot more, which means they're not gonna be able to run the ball and run the clock out. So it depends on how far you wanna get into it, but I always like to look at opportunity first and then kind of dissect how talented the player is and you know what they're going to be able to make out of their opportunity that that's what kind of specifies everything and kind of gets me to an individual player but i always look at opportunity first so yeah, obviously definitely. if you're a very new player first year playing fantasy football just look at their rushing yards and how many touchdowns they have and i would just draft that guy again although that's not always true okay this is just for people who are very new and then I'm talking about like the first three rounds. Maybe you can go based just off of that for running backs. If you're very, very new. I wouldn't do that. You know, you can't fall in love with players. That's one thing you have to learn about fantasy football. Don't fall in love. Yes. Don't yeah. fall in love. No don't, romance. No romance, you know. It's There's be no love business. Lost. Strictly business, baby. <laughs> it's fantasy. It's not, <laughs> it's not personal. Yeah, it's not personal. So if I was fresh... Just look at those two things. You don't have to look too deep into it, you know. Hope you would hope like Joe Mixon. There's no way he's reproducing that same thing. Okay, no one we'll go for Joe Mixon. We'll have to debate about that. Don't go Joe Mixon. <laughs> Nobody go Joe Mixon. Everyone in the listening league, don't go Joe Mixon. I see. I see. Nando's hatred of Joe Mixon has washed off into you. Yeah, don't. I, I still hate him, but don't draft him. <laughs> nice. That doesn't sound biased at all. No, no, not biased at all. Yeah. Oh my god. I would but, have to agree with Matt for the most part on the evaluation of opportunity is always the biggest thing, especially with running backs. You know, you can look for guys that catch the ball, but Jonathan Taylor didn't catch the ball much last year, you know, and he was the number one R B. So it really does just come down to, you know, like their situation, how much you're gonna be used, their It also comes know, in the format not, too. Oh of course, yeah, definitely looking at that if you're in a PPR league a half PPR league, do the point, do catches really matter if you're playing standard, you know? So there's a lot of things to look into, and, you know, that's why we're here, and we're going to help you rank these RBs from top to bottom. And should we get started, boys? Let's get started. Oh, I think I love it. Let's look at these running backs, and let's look at, let's just dive deeper into the running back position. We obviously talked about how to evaluate running backs as a whole, but now we're going to get into specific names and players here. So to start off, once again, the running back is the most important position in fantasy football. Why? Because they are almost the primary position of your team. They're going to score the most points usually for your team, uh, disregarding wide receivers. And they usually have to be the most stable portion of your lineup because if you're not getting that weekly, let's say, 9 to 15 points from your lineup, you know, the erratic nature of wide receivers, they might not get any catches sometimes or they might not get a touchdown. 
quarterbacks, it's hard to kind of say who's the cream of the crop there, right? So running backs have to basically, they're your bread and butter. They're your staple of your lineup. If you don't have a good foundation, then everything else goes to naught, right? So you have to find your bell cow, first of all. And that's what we're going to talk about first. In the first round, we usually have a couple of top-tier running backs that's always on the board. And by the end of the first round, they will all be off the board. So you have to choose your running back wisely. And I will always say this because it was said to me, you know, you can't win your fantasy draft with your first over, with your first round pick, but you can lose it. And if you pick the run and running back here, you will definitely lose it because you lose your foundation and you lose everything and then you cry and all your friends make fun of you. <laughs> That's the worst part about yeah, it. Well, seriously, huh? seriously, I'm not trying to hear that in the, <laughs> in the freaking um, chat, dude. God. Fantasy football is very painful when you're losing. It's very fun when you win, though. Yeah. Once you get to the culture, obviously. Exactly. So we got a couple of top-tier running backs here. As it currently stands on Fantasy Pros, the Tier 1 running backs on the board for Fantasy Football are Jonathan Taylor from the Indianapolis Colts, the Titans' Derrick Henry, Panthers' Christian McCaffrey, Vikings' running back Dalvin Cook, and Chargers' running back Austin Eckler. So, out of all of these ones, and we know that these guys are Tier 1, they were appropriately graded Tier 1 because they were all top-tier running backs at least at some point in the last couple of years. And... People are very high on their potential this year as well. So if you had to choose a bell cow right now that, you know, could carry your team, which one would it be? Yeah, I'll go first. I'll take, uh, obviously, everybody's expecting me to say Jonathan Taylor. I'm just going to say Dalvin Cook, man. I really like him this year. Uh, he's Ooh. one of my favorite running backs. He's my, obviously, if you can get John Taylor, you're going to need 101, you know. And in most cases, you're going to need 102, if not 101, you know. So with Dalvin, though, I think you're getting equal to better value. And I think there's just a higher upside due to his pass load. He's going to be getting a lot of catches. He's going to be getting out of the backfield in the slot this year. And that's just, you know, when McCaffrey had his legendary season two years ago, he was just unstoppable catching the football. He was getting touchdown and catch and touchdown and catch every single drive and i really do think that's what's lined up for dalvin he already has so much red zone work and just last year he was not able to you know fully utilize the many touchdowns as he could get his touchdown numbers were low last year i just think that has due for a positive uh regression there and he's going to go higher He's going to get more touchdowns, and if you give him more touchdowns, and then what you're talking about, moving him to a slot more and giving him more catches. I just think that, you know, obviously injury besides for all these players, but if he's healthy and, you know, dude's getting that type of workload and their offense is just going to be looking better with a new head coach out there, an offensive-minded head coach, nonetheless, I think that Dalvin is just primed for a breakout for becoming the number one running back this year. I'll go next because I already know I'm, I like we give we like to give him out a challenge here. I'm gonna go Derrick Henry, you know, bell cow. He's the standard. Literally the the definition, definition. of the bell cow. Yeah. Literally the definition. I thought there was were gonna be regression last year, and obviously there was, and he betrayed me, and I should hate him for it. But if I was trying to help my, my our fans, 
I'm going to say Derrick Henry, dude. His schedule, I think, is one of the easier ones this season. He's healthy. He's coming off, and he's going to feast. He's just... He's just so integral to the team, too, you know. The Titans are very one-dimensional now with um, A.J. Brown gone. And, you know, um, Derrick Henry would definitely be carrying more of the load. You might be scared that he'd get injured again. But, I mean, that's just the risk you have to take with running backs, usually. That's the only thing that's going to stop them. He's definitely the most integral part of their offense. He's getting, like, more than... Like, I don't even know, I don't know the percentage. I would assume 95% of all, like, offensive touches, so. I think Derrick Henry is obviously a great choice. I had him in fantasy for the last two years. It was a little bit harsh to end the last season, but I don't regret drafting him for a second because that dude is a complete monster. monster. Well, you guys stole my running back bell cow picks. So I'm going to just have to repeat what one of you have said. And that person is Dalvin Cook. Let's go. G hit on, G just hit on everything that I was about to say. He's, Dalvin Cook is only 26 years old. He is has he already shown really? that he is a top five. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. I thought he <laughs> He's only 26. He's already shown that he's a top five fantasy running back when he's healthy. And, G, I know you touched upon when Christian McCaffrey had this breakout, record-breaking 2019 fantasy football season. And that's true, right? But not everyone won a fantasy championship with Christian McCaffrey just on their lineup, right? They had the Dalvin Cook Christian McCaffrey stack. I know Gav had it when he won his championship, I believe. (laughs) It was monstrous. you know, Dalvin Cook was just as capable of being a fantasy monster that year. And he's been able to prove it. And again, like you said, G, he did not make the most of his opportunities in the red zone last year. And I looked it up. He had 45 red zone touches, top five in terms of running back carries inside the uh, red zone. He only made five touchdowns out of that. That's 11%. And that number surely has to go up, right? Again, yards are equivalent to 0.1 points in fantasy. Touchdowns, are automatic six points for running backs and wide receivers. That's why wide receivers and running backs are so valuable in fantasy football. If Dalvin Cook can just get a slight positive touchdown regression, then you could see him be able to just break out a lot more. He's already a top 10 back. You could already put him in as an RB1 for your lineup, and he could probably be solid. But you're looking for the bell cow back. You're looking for the RB1, right? It's not going to be Jonathan Taylor if the history repeats itself, right? History has shown that not a lot of running back ones that finished last season are going to be the running back one the next season, right? That's why I'm fading Jonathan Taylor a little bit here. It could be Christian McCaffrey, but the situation with the Panthers quarterbacks as well as Matt Rule still being there as their offensive coach, it's a little bit concerning in Carolina also with Christian McCaffrey's injury history for the last two years. Derrick Henry does not catch a lot of passes, which kind of limits his ceiling as the running back one. As for Austin Eckler, it's the same thing where I believe that, you know, if we look at Austin Eckler's stats, he had 49 red zone touches more than Dalvin Cook, and he obviously had he had twice more than twice as many touchdowns, 11 touchdowns. So I'm a little bit concerned that there's actually going to be negative touchdown regression there, especially when the Chargers are probably going to be a better team. I don't know if they're going to have to score as much. With the Vikings, I think that they're going to take a step forward under Kevin McConnell, who is 
Sean McVay's offensive coordinator, and what does Sean McVay and the whole New Age offensive coaching staff like to do? They like to run the ball first. They like to establish the run. You've already seen it with Aaron Jones and Matt LaFleur. You've seen it with Kyle Shanahan, with all the Niners running backs there. I, I can like attest can to that. <laughs> yeah. Sean McVay has always produced a running back one, usually when he's actually had the chance to be able to do that. And I think that Dalvin Cook has already been proven the talent. And, you know, Kevin O'Connell is just going to unlock that offense. And Nando also agrees with me. He sent in his annual Zeke pick. This actually might be a curse, honestly, though. Now I'm kind of regretting <laughs> saying this. Yeah, now that you say that... Um... <laughs> Just Guess what he said? he said? He said to me, he couldn't make it today, but he called in and he told me, tell them all, tell all of our listeners right here, Dalvin Cook is going for 2,000 yards. He's going to finish as the running back one on the year. Injured first oh. week, for sure, now that Nando said that. Oh, my God, dude. Why did you have to... The ironic did, part is that he traded Zeke for the Dalvin Why did you not tell us earlier, Matt? Like, well, you just set me up for failure. This is insider trading, and Matt still chose the cursed pick. That's crazy. Yeah, bro. We're, we're going to have to talk be- about this That's how later, much Matt. I believe in it. That's how much I believe in it. So if, if, if Cook goes down, we all go down. Except for Gav. Except for me. Dude, can we just... Okay. We all put in our bell cow picks, so what do we what do we think about the bust out of the five? Oh, Jonathan Taylor for sure. There's regression in his immediate future for sure. I don't know about that though. I just feel really? like even if there's regression, it's gonna go from the number one running back to the number three well, or four running when back. When you hear like bust, I- you you're thinking based on his ADP where he's being drafted, you mm-hmm. expect him to be amazing. I just don't think yeah. it's gonna be. I think um, he's still going to be amazing. He's going to be tier one. I think the guy that is the most, you know, bust a bull. Well, that's a pause. One sec. But, you know, but <laughs> I, I'm going to go Christian McCaffrey just because of, you know, what you guys said earlier. I just, I can't rely on him. He, he is the definition of you lose your team. You lose the round. You lose your, your season in round one. You draft them at 102. Jonathan Taylor goes at 101. And now you got the second pick. You're like, obviously, I'd take McCaffrey. Now you take McCaffrey three weeks oh. in. You're three and zero. Week four comes by. He gets 72 carries and 14 catches, and he's out. And you're like, damn, I should have seen this coming from a mile away. And then you're nut- sitting there with no running back one, and you're like, damn, this is this is gonna get ugly. And you end that up that was me. Early. That was me last season in our. And exactly. Season. And it's just like I get McCaffrey talent. Like it's it's there. Undeniable. No He's unde- literally undeniably talented, just so good, and he's so even better at fantasy football than he is at real life. Like, he's just made – he just is fantasy football as a person, just a beast at catching the ball and still runs the ball and gets all the touchdowns. If he's healthy, he's easily one away, but just it's just not going to happen. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to risk any pick in the first round, like, getting McCaffrey. And I know that sounds crazy. I just – don't believe in him like to be healthy and to be my rb1 throughout the year so it's just like I, how can i like how can i like pick him so early early on like i'm letting someone else deal with that mccaffrey problem so it's interesting that you bring that up first of all because when you are in the first round of course and when we're telling you draft a running back so there's two sides to this coin right you either draft a running back that you could be safe with, right? Like I said earlier, you can't win in the first round, but you can lose it. So do you guys tend to go with a running back that 
you think is going to be the running back one? Or do you try to air it on the safer side and say, okay, like, let's say that we have a Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey. Let's say you have the first overall pick, or somehow they both drop to number two, right? Mm-hmm. You have a guy like Jonathan Taylor who's probably not going to be the running back one, right? But he's going to be a pretty safe floor just because he gets the ball a lot. You got Christian McCaffrey who might be the running back one just because he can catch the ball a lot. And he's, we've seen that he's just blows the competition away he's a whole when he's office. healthy. So, but you know, if he gets hurt, there goes your season. So, would you rather aim for the running back one with some more risk, or would you just take a you know a safer floor? I feel like the best advice I could give you is to not fall into the trap of I'm in this, I'm at this pick, so I have to pick this player. You know, just if go. If you're with like your me, gut. if yeah, if you're like me, you don't believe in McCaffrey, you don't have to take him. You don't. Who have cares? To. You can have a. 3,000 yard season again or whatever he did two years ago and you know what you know it might be it might might be sucks that you passed up on him bro but the likelihood of it happening is much lesser than the likelihood of him getting an injury his injury his injury probability is just through the roof and it's just bound to happen and like like Matt was saying earlier that the Panthers are just a shit show of an organization right now they don't know who the QB is regardless of their QB they're gonna have no type of no type of a line. Their line stinks again, and I'm I'm fading just that team as a whole. And you know, Please. it's just <laughs> it's just it's just it's just that I just don't believe in. You know, we talked about situation and opportunity. He has all the opportunity in the world. The situation is terrible. The coaching is like Matt said. It's just not. It's just not good. Like I I want to believe in Matt Rule and the college offense and. You know, it's going to help McCaffrey. I just don't believe in it too much. And usually when things like that happen, it just kind of spirals downhill. It doesn't just, oh, you know, everything's going to go downhill, but McCaffrey's going to go stupid. That already happened. You know, it's not going to keep happening. For McCaffrey, for me, to, in my opinion, for him to have another great, great year, is he's going to have to, like, have some type of help around him. And, you know, obviously you want him to do everything, but he, need, he needs help. Yeah, and that's why I think we've aptly labeled this section the bell cow because you don't have to aim for the running back one. You just got to get, again, a good someone floor. that you think has yeah a high floor that you know can get you a reliable like 8 to 9, at least 8 to 10 points a week, right? If you can get maybe double digits, that's what you can get. I think Derrick Henry is the epitome of the safest floor just because he gets a monster amount of carries. He will always get a touchdown. He always gets right? rushing yards. Yeah, and he he usually gets a touchdown. It depends, you know. But you know, he he's the epitome of a floor. That's why he's ranked so high, even though he doesn't catch any you know passes. Literally none. Yeah, and if you want to look at Jonathan Taylor really quick, again, I'm telling you about run like red zone touches, right? Austin Eckler was second with 49 red zone rushing attempts. Do you know who's first? I think you guys already know who's first. It's Jonathan Sean Taylor. Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Do you know how many? Eckler has 49. Taylor has 89. Oh, oh my god. My god, he doubled it. Well, almost. Jeez, and I know the Colts. Insane. I know Frank Reich. He loves to run the ball. But now he's got Matt Ryan, who's probably the best quarterback he's had ever since he got there, right? So yeah. I just have to assume that, you know, even though Taylor has an amazing offensive line, they love to run the ball and he's proven to get those touchdowns and those rushing yards. I just have to say that the volume has to go just down by a little bit right and i don't i don't think that he's going to be able to have that amazing season that he did before 
I just don't think it's just the odds of it happening again are just so small that you know I can't say that he's going to be the running back one. I think he is going to be solid, but I I honestly don't even know if I want to say it. I think he's going to be around. I want to say he's just below Derrick Henry right now. Wow. In terms of full season projection, I want to say I think Derrick Henry will get more than him. But does who's RB one for you? RB one? I already said Dalvin well, Cook. Okay, RB two. Is it Derrick Henry? Mm, I actually like McCaffrey a little bit oh, just because of go. his potential. I think he. I think he'll be better this season. I definitely think he'll be better this season. I mean, and if he's better, if he's, healthy, he's gonna he's be, gonna be great. great. Yeah. Yeah. If he's healthy, he's gonna be great. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, we can. You said the first year has all the bell cows, but I still feel like there's some great bell cow running backs in tier two. Uh, we have only some one. great, great, great running backs in uh, tier two. We have Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, Najee Harris, Ezekiel Elliott, Aaron Jones, and Alvin Kamara. Uh, out of these guys, who are you guys choosing and fading? Hmm. I'm fading Najee Harris and uh, no. everyone else. Is Stop it. Stop <laughs> the no podcast. Way. Stop no, it right no, now. No, 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 no. There's no way we're fading Najee Harris on this for, podcast. For those of you who Straight are cap. unfamiliar with Gav and fantasy football podcasts on this show, Gav has consistently, <laughs> consistently <laughs> hated. faded or hated, more accurately hated, any Pittsburgh Steelers. Literally just, hated. Just to spite me. Yes. Out of totally out of <laughs> spite, I don't even care if he like he would be RB one. I still would never draft him. If you told yeah. me Najee was going to be number one RB one, I still wouldn't draft him. No, I can't. Oh, that's perfect. I want to be in your league. Man. Well, you don't want to win then. No, <laughs> that's it. Is I think I think Najee is just the ultimate bell cow. Like, and in terms of just usage and just getting the absolute amount of points through garbage he's gonna be you know it's just fantastic for that he usually got 14 or 1300 yards 1200 yards last year total yards and he had a bunch of check downs from ben and it's, i just don't think it's gonna change that but much. you ain't got ben no more bro but the thing is we have came out and said multiple times there's not really a you know a committee of running backs there's just Najee harris and i just feel like he's you know second year player uh he's young he's ready that's when, you know, Jonathan Taylor became RB1. No one was expecting that. And now I think it's just... Yeah, but they have written. a great line, the Colts. Our line got better. That's the thing. It's not it great, got better. but it got better. It got better than last year. And if it got better than last year and he was doing what he did as a rookie last year, and, you know, he's now even stronger. Our O-line's a little bit better. Our quarterback's a little bit more dynamic. It's just, I feel like it's all written. I was hoping you would say better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's 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 relax off that one. Okay. <laughs> and here's the tier that we're saying, and this is usually in the second round or the third round, if you will, where you're saying, this okay, you this is where you could win, right? Because yeah. if you choose the right running back here, and let's just say you're gonna draft a second running back here, usually, at least in terms of my strategy, I try to go bell cow with the first one and get that solid floor. The second one, I'm aiming for the stars. I'm trying to go for the guy who I think actually could be the running back one. Even if they're not, let's say they're just all in tier one. If you're aiming for a tier two or tier three running back that can break the top 10, you know, you could probably have like 
a deadly matchup there, right? Yeah. Like Gap, he went Christian McCaffrey in the first. I don't know where he went Dalvin Cook, but I was in you know, the third. That's how crazy yeah. it, it was. It like dropped so far. Exactly. So Cook was a tier three kind of running back, and he was able to win the league basically with that. And there's always this breakout running back. There's always this one guy who just comes out of the woodwork and kind of basically becomes that top ten, top five running back. And that is usually that combo right there is usually what wins leagues. So, you know, Najee Harris is a good one. And I feel like he already broke out. That's the thing. I don't know why he's still tier two. He should he should be in tier one. Definitely tier because, one. Yeah. He was the breakout running back in my opinion last year. Other than Austin Eckler, I guess. I guess that's why they said it. It's Austin Eckler. I yeah, guess. I'm not taking Eckler because over Najee. You're not? No. I feel like but the Chargers offense is more dynamic. Just, just the opportunity that Austin Eckler would get is just better. Najee would definitely have a safer floor. Well, yeah, okay. I get I guess. I get what you're saying. It's the ceiling versus floor, floor argument. Yeah. But still I, I I Eckler just does it more for me. He's the same reason McCaffrey, I would still bet on McCaffrey. Just because the, yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I mean, you know, there's no right answer yeah, here, yeah. but until we see them all play and stuff. Yeah. What other running backs out of this tier are you guys really liking here? Yeah, have you got one? Uh, I got one. I hope you don't seal him. I I really like Aaron Jones, honestly, just because like um <laughs> who else does Aaron Rodgers have? <laughs> Literally another belt like another guy who'll get all touches. I don't think yeah. there's yeah. Just the only person he's fighting touches with is another running back, so yeah. it's like And Aaron think... Jones likes to catch a lot, so you know. I think they're going to have to use Aaron Jones as a pass catcher this yeah. year, right? Mm-hmm. Because he can't spam Devontae Adams this no. entire time, right? Like, what's made the offense for the last two years has been Devontae Adams. So, you know, if you don't have him Just like- and you have a lineup of Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, and uh, Christian Watson, right? You're going to say, okay, Just like let's how just Breeze try to get the most Alvin talented so players much. out on the offense, right? Yeah. Just like how... Uh, Breeze used Kamara. Now Aaron uses Aaron. <laughs> Aaron squared. <laughs> yeah, Aaron squared. Wait, literally, literally, run it back. What about you? What about you, Matt? What's your pick here? I'm glad he you didn't troubles. take my pick, Gav. No, I'm grabbing all the way down. I'm gonna go down to. I'm gonna go down to tier three here for my breakout running. Back. Oh man, I know we're using tier three. Who do you have for tier three? I was gonna say Swift. That's exactly where I was going. Darn it. DeAndre Swift is already broken out in some respects. Some people know about it. Some people don't. Although it's starting to get a little bit annoying how many people do know it. He was the running back 15 last year in just 13 games. He was hurt for like, I don't know, four or five games. And he was still the running back 15. He was already top 15 running back. And he had five games of 20 plus fantasy points, which basically would win you your week. He's already got a phenomenal offensive line. They've been building the trenches there. He's got Penesuel in front of him, leading the way. And now he's under, you know, another year under his belt. The Detroit Lions should look to be at least a little bit better this year. I'm not saying they're going to be world beaters in any sense, but I think that they are trending upwards in the very least. And they got a couple more offensive weapons now. They got Jameson Williams. They got DJ Chark. And they should look to be better with Dan Campbell calling the plays as well as their new offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson. What makes a running back a breakout instead of just another running back too is the ability usually to catch the ball because if you just do your regular rushing duties, that's enough, right? 
But if you catch the ball, that's just a whole other element. And that's why you see in fantasy football, these people, they covet running backs who can catch the ball because now that PPR or points per reception has become a more popular scoring format, you get a point literally for every catch they make. It doesn't matter if it's a screen pass that goes negative eight yards. You're still getting 0.2 points out of that. Which is absolutely disgusting. I don't like it. I don't like it. But I'm just saying this is the new world we're dealing with here. And DeAndre Swift is an excellent pass catcher. He is an excellent pass catcher. And that's why he, he, even though he doesn't have, you know, the best rushing numbers, he was still able to make the most out of his receptions. And Jared Goff, he's not a very good quarterback. Let's just face it. (laughs) And he's going to want to check it down. He knows how to check it down. And in garbage time, when the Lions expect to, even though I've been saying the Lions are going to be better, they're still probably going to lose a lot of games and they're still probably going to be behind. And what makes Swift so valuable is those check down garbage time passes where, you know, Goff can't find anyone else open and he's going to check it to DeAndre Swift. That's the hope that you should be dealing with. There's obviously the concern that, you know, maybe if the Lions are better this year, you know, or the catch is going to be vacated by Hawkinson or Williams or Amon Ross St. Brown or DJ Chark, right? And Swift won't get as many catches. But I think they know what they have in Detroit, which is an offensive weapon in Swift. And I think they're going to use him a lot this year. If any of them in this tier has the potential to get into the top 10, I think DeAndre Swift has the highest chance. Yeah, that's a, that's a great tier three choice. And out of the other three tier three running backs, just so we can uh, all be on the same page this time before Matt steals another running back from us. <laughs> I know, dude, Antonio right? Antonio Gibson. A... Javante Williams, David Montgomery, Saquon Barkley, Leonard Fournette. Oh, sorry, Eddie Lacy, and then uh, James Conner. Oh, okay. What was that? <laughs> 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 oh my god. I'm just messing around. Um, I think if we had to pick a, if we had to pick a fading option, uh, I really, I'm gonna keep it real. I love this running back. I think he's so talented, but I just don't think he's the opposite of everything you want. It's Antonio Gibson. He's just, they just consistently choose not to be feature him as the running back. I know, back. if they, they would They will just... do anything they can to not give him touches. They will even maybe run Ron Rivera before they give him more touches. <laughs> like, you know, they re-signed J.D. McKissick. I'm pretty oh, sure they did? JD Mc... Didn't J.D. McKissick leave and then come back? I mean, why back? wouldn't they? Why wouldn't right? they? Right? He him. left it. J.D. signed a contract with the Ooh. team and then came back. Liddy was then... a vulture last year. Literally, and then they said on top of that, this offseason, we're going to start giving goal line touches to Brian Robinson, the rookie running back what? that we just drafted. It's like, bro, come on, man. How are you going to disrespect a guy that has done nothing but play great for them every time he gets a chance to succeed? And it's just, you know, he can, he's going to be the running back that you're going to see. He's going to get 10 rushes, 60 yards, and that's his whole stat line. And maybe once in a while, he'll throw in a touchdown or two. And you're going to be like, damn. Like, you watch a game, like, damn, just, he's playing good, but he just doesn't get enough touches. And it's painful. Can it's you just imagine? Painful week after week to watch that shit to happen. He was even a wide receiver previously, a running back wide receiver. Yeah. Can you imagine this guy can catch and he can he run can. hard? He's so and you're talented. not going to use him? <laughs> oh, my God. Just let me. I mean, you see things. the irony, right? The, you know who our breakout pick last year was? Is Antonio Gibson. <laughs> I know. So try I hate I hated J D McKissick for it because I was betting on A A G for to go and going yeah going to I the moon. I know. With we all we all 
suffered a little bit. I'd also be higher on Javante Williams just because of his talent. If it wasn't for um, what's his name? If they didn't resign Melvin Gordon. Yeah, if they didn't have Melvin. What a name. Yeah. He's a great talent, though. Like you said, he, yeah, uh, literally. He's, he's the most. Him and Saquon might be the most talented in tier three, but it's you know, like you know said they might be more talented than Swift, but Swift has just that position on lockdown. Yeah, it's and unlocked. touches Undisputed. to lockdown. Yeah, but Saquon's I mean, just on a trash team, and Javante has another vulture. Right. Yeah. Definitely. And you know, Javante can. He can still be a great, great RB two. It's just I'm not. I I would draft him as a. You know, maybe I went McCaffrey first, and now I need maybe a more safer running back. I go Javante Williams. I know I can, I'm gonna get out of him. Got a great line. He's gonna get touches. Obviously, you know they're Russell. gonna let Russ cook. Yeah, you're gonna let Russ cook, but you gotta also always develop that run game first. And he's gonna get to the end zone a lot more. Just hopefully, it's not to Melvin Gordon, the one being in the actual end zone football. So. <sighs> Yeah, I think if if you're in a draft risky first pick, I think Javante would be a great second pick to get as a running back, and he's just a lot safer. Now, we talked a lot about all these running backs here, and, you know, there's always the one guy. I know you already basically said it, G. You think that Christian McCaffrey is going to completely, like, disappoint this year, right? You're just staying away from him. Is there any other running backs that you'd want to completely avoid this year? Who's your bust? That's a hard one. Ugh. You know, I there's just some teams I would avoid. You know, Patriots running backs. Um, yeah. But yeah. Like, All right. If there's I'm a sorry. Player, I'm not even hating, but that's just what it is. Yeah. It's a committee think, now, but, you know, they're still lethal. Committee is uh, bad. <laughs> it, it, right. It. I won't face the facts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, they could still have some production and some talent there, but I just, you know, you know not drafting any of them. A part of me really wants to say James Conner, uh, just because I feel like there is a big running touchdown regression coming. Like it's gonna be crazy because how many touchdowns he was getting last year. It's just hard for me to see anybody putting up those type of numbers again without that pure volume of like Jonathan Taylor, you know. So I think he's due for a regression. I wouldn't completely fade him in a sense, but I just not the biggest fan. Uh, I would also say that i don't not the biggest on ezekiel elliott i know he's you know being hyped up by cowboys every off season that he oh zeke's back zeke's back and every year they're at the end of the year like why is pollard not getting more touches and i just feel like they're gonna every year kind of go to more and more split running back carries in dallas there yeah i'm concerned about ezekiel elliott too i think that you've highlighted Dalvin Cook is never going to be the same after this season. But either way, you know, it does concern me what happened with Ezekiel Elliott down the stretch. I think Pollard clearly looked like he was the better back. But also the fact that, you know, I think Zeke was hurt also during that year. But I also think that Jerry Jones emphasized that he wants to get the ball to Zeke, mostly because he paid him to. And I think that there might be an emphasis on running the ball with Zeke. I wouldn't draft him to be a running back one, but I would say that he's at least going to be a solid number two right now. And I think that's why he's aptly listed around the bottom of tier two right now. If I had to go with a bust, I mean, he's not on here, but Cam Akers, I don't really like what he showed last year. And I know that was just coming off an Achilles tear. And I know that he was rehabbing 
just to get back that season. And it's an incredible comeback story. But I have to go again with the history here and say that no running back looks the same after an Achilles tear, except for hopefully James the Flames Robinson. But (laughs) either way, you know, Akers, he is presented with an amazing opportunity here. He is probably going to be the only guy on the offense to... um, McVay likes his bell cow back, and Akers has shown that he can be, he can carry the load and be that bell cow back. But, and he was going to be my breakout pick last year before the Achilles tear, but he just does not look good. He did not look good out there in the playoffs, and that's why I'm staying away for now, because if you see what kind of tier he's in, I think, you know, um, let me just check this really quick. He is like, yeah, he's in that kind of tier three. He's in that kind of James Conner, Ezekiel Elliott, David Montgomery tier, right? So if you're telling me Akers or Zeke, I'm going to go with Zeke. If you're telling me Akers and Montgomery, it's a little bit tougher, but I want to go with Montgomery right now just because I feel like he's okay. Let me give you some pushback here, Matt. My thing is, like you said, every Rams year since Sean Sean McVay got there, there's been a rb1 like a just a dude who is just a bell cow getting a bunch of touches from they might have been even been daryl henderson for a little bit you know but there's always a guy getting carries and i just look at that roster and if you're not you know reaching on random names and saying oh it's just because the system he's going to be the rb1 this year like i just don't see how cam Akers just doesn't get touches and it's just going to be such an efficient offense i feel like he can be spoon-fed fantasy points in a sense like you know like it's crazy to think that, but like I just know it's true. It's like the Niner running back situation. It doesn't really yeah. matter who's back there, but the Niners have nine guys that can run the ball. I don't see nine <laughs> guys on the on the Rams roster that can run the ball. I only see maybe two. You know, Sony Michelle and and what's his name? Uh, no, Cam Akers. I thought somebody yeah. left. Oh, there's no Henderson. Did, oh, maybe he left. Sure. To See, the, exactly. Uh, so who's there to take carries away from Akers? That's my whole point. Is like. I, I would agree with you if there was another running back who can get some more touches off of Acres. So I, I would still get like Acres maybe in my running back three, two, maybe a flex spot there, somewhere like that. I, I would like that. I mean, I'm not going to fade Cam Acres completely just because I love the opportunity there. And until someone shows me that they're also going to compete for touches and carries in LA, I'm going to need an LA running back there. I would rather take Daryl Henderson, though, not Cam Akers. And I, I wouldn't want to take a Rams running back at all simply because it doesn't feel like they run enough. Like, Cooper Cup just straight up takes it to the takes it to the can, you know? And now they have Allen Robinson. So I feel like they're just going to be scoring too much through the air and not enough on yeah, the ground to be relevant. Exactly. But, you know, eventually but they're going to have make, to run the ball no, one well, way or another. Well, McVeigh, no, but last, McVeigh's last offense. Were, last year they were using Sony more. It felt like he was more productive. And that's why they were so efficient. One of We had a torn Achilles last year, bro. Well, I'm saying, but Cam Akers was not looking good. He, kept, he was butterfingers out there, bro. That's also, I, he had a I think the problem. concern, He's, okay. Yeah. With Cam Akers, he's the running back one. And if... Sean McVay likes to use a running back one. He likes to use a bell cow Sorry, back, Henderson. just like with Todd Gurley, right? And he, when he's up, he will run the ball. Usually. It didn't happen last year. I don't know why. But he usually likes to run the ball to run the clock down. He comes from a philosophy where, you know, you want to establish the run. Last year, the Rams' running game was not good because, one, the offensive line wasn't great at run blocking, and, two, the talent at running back wasn't great as well. 
So I could see why McVay kind of deviated away from like running the ball. What I'm concerned about here is that Akers, he will probably get the volume at first, but if he does not look good, I could see McVay deviating away from relying on the run to set up the offense. And that's what I'm concerned about. I just think that if you have Elliott, Akers, and Montgomery all there, I just think the floor is just a little bit higher for the other two to justify going with them. Because I don't know if I can see a realm of possibilities where Akers is a top 10 back right now. Agreed. Just I'm, That's how concerned I am with the Achilles injury. Sorry, yeah. Cam Akers. We didn't mean to diss you like that on our record. But hey, Cam, I love not you. Not at all. Yeah, we'll love to have you on the show. We're just speaking facts. Okay. I think that about does it. I mean, I would have some fantasy questions for you all, but I don't know if there is any right now because, again... We're so early into the off season. <laughs> They're gonna be like, that, "Oh, there's, a, there's questions yeah. we can ask now." Yeah, people, if you guys are listening and you made it this far, feel free to go to Twitter and at Bay Council. Let feel us free to ask us anything. Ask us some running back. Be like, "Hey, who should I take? This guy or this guy, or anything you want." Just tell us Gav's dumb on Twitter. We'd love that. Whoa, even more. dude! You know, whatever you guys want. Hey. Twitter's the best way to get to us. Then uh, any questions or any. Thing you want us to talk about that's where the best place to get us and also the best place to get into the sleeper league is on twitter yes remember we are doing a listener league and you've just heard all of our opinions right now you know who we like you know who we dislike this is use it against us yeah. we want you to use it against us because we're still gonna beat you anyway it doesn't matter we're just that much more experienced than you and, and we, if you think you, you want to shut us up, yeah, go ahead. Shut us up. But we, you have to win first. We hang low. That's what we do, dude. Yeah. Dylan won the Fantasy League last year. He killed the listener. That's because I don't know how, final. but he always chooses the one re- wide receiver one. I swear to God. It's so annoying. Because he listens to our podcast. That's how. He is the podcast. He, <laughs> true. Dylan, Dylan is our definition of our, our, our product of our podcast. So you best it's be true. watching. It's true. You best be watching our, our, our draft this coming year. Just watch him, who he picks as wide receiver. Choose the same guy. Guaranteed dub. And and our next part is going to be wide receivers. Hopefully, we can get Dylan in to give you his number one wide receiver. Cooper Cup for next year. guru. Yes. If he says Cooper Cup again, I'm going to kill myself. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to say Deontay Johnson. Oh, guys. Thanks for joining us today. It was nice talking. (laughs) Good to be back. You can, again, find the Sports Council Podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, anywhere you can find your podcast. Find us on Twitter as well. Uh, Tweet at us, at Bay Council, that is C-O-U-N-S-E-L. We're also on Instagram, under sports underscore council. we got a lot of places for you to reach us. Please do. We want to hear your fantasy questions. That'll do it for today's show, guys. Thank you so much. Later. Woo!